My name is Nicole Snyder, and this podcast is for my class of Teaching and Learning 467. This course is one that us as future educators take to help prepare us for being in the classroom, especially for second education. This podcast is focused on classroom management, as well as how that can be done and what it means for us as teachers, as well as for students. Classroom management is defined and referred to as the variety of skills and techniques that teachers use to help keep students focused on task, organized, and orderly. There are both pros and cons to this, however, depending on how it's executed. If classroom management is executed properly, students are more likely to want to learn in a classroom and are likely to want to apply themselves. It can also help to improve students' behavior and the support that they receive. A study done in 2018 found that 80% of teachers who used classroom management strategies were able to calm a student who was quite often disruptive or otherwise noisy. One way that classroom management can be achieved is to understand where students are coming from and why they may be acting out. Students who are acting out specifically for attention may be kids that aren't receiving the attention or love that they may be needing at home. These students may be suffering from an absent parent or abusive parents or even just mental health and they may not know how to reach out and so the only way that they feel comfortable is by acting out in class and getting that recognition and that attention from teachers and admin and those kinds of people. In the teacher education program here at Washington State University, one of the main educational theories that we learn about is called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Maslow's theory is shaped as a pyramid and shows that the needs of all students need to be met in order to learn and properly focus within the classroom. The pyramid is laid out and has five different sections and in order from bottom to the top, there are the psychological needs, safety, belonging, esteem, and self-actualization. All of these needs need to be met as a pure basic basis for students to be able to focus and apply themselves in the classroom and be able to actually be present and not be thinking about other things and yeah. So the first one is the physiological needs, which this includes the need for warmth, food, rest, and water. If students aren't fully rested or they're hungry, their minds can't focus on the academic tasks at hand because that is one of the basic needs that all human needs, whether they are students or whether they're even us as teachers or anyone. If you're, for example, if you're working on a project or things like that and you're hungry or you're thirsty, it's really hard to be able to focus on what you're trying to get done because your mind's Uh, focus mainly is on trying to keep your body healthy and in order to do that it has to have the rest warmth food and water that it needs and requires in order to run properly Uh, the need for safety is one where students would feel secure and safe which is why it's important for us as teachers to ensure that our classrooms are open and welcoming environments for our students Our students spend at least a third of the work week in our classrooms, meaning that we need to be able to help our students feel comfortable and welcome in these spaces where they spend as much time as they do asleep in their bed. Some of the best classes that I personally remember taking in high school were ones where I would walk in and just felt comfortable because our teachers made it a welcoming environment and we felt that we could almost do no wrong in that sense because 
if, for example, you know, we got a question wrong or we failed a test or an assignment or something, our professors or our teachers, I guess at the time, weren't there to lecture us. They were there to help us succeed and learn and do what they could to help us. Specifically, when I think of this, I think of my English teacher that I had junior year, and she taught AP, uh, it was literature, AP literature. And that class is normally one that's very hard and just intimidating, but that prof- or that teacher, I keep wanting to say professor, that teacher was someone who we all looked up to and we felt comfortable in her class. We could do what we needed in order to make sure that those basic needs that I had already talked about were met. So, and we, at least for me personally, I had her class right after lunch. And I mean, lunch in high school is never long enough. You never really have enough time to eat, I feel like. And so there were many, many times that myself and other students showed up to her class having not finished lunch, having not have had time to eat lunch, whether we were taking an exam in a different class or working on assignments or just anything like that she let us eat in her classroom and I remember that specifically and this teacher is one that as I'm getting ready to see myself in a classroom especially in a high school classroom like she was that I still talk to her I message her and I talked to her even the other day telling her that you know I'm preparing for my student teaching and my advanced practicum and asking for some advice that she would give because if you asked anyone from my high school she is one of the top teachers that we have and have ever had whether that was in high school in elementary school and all that kind of stuff and that always kind of gave me the basis of what there's two mottos that I want to have in my classroom and I want my students to live by that I'm going to run my classroom by and that's there's nothing to it but to do it because I want my students to know that even though there may be tasks that are daunting and you know they may not feel ready to do it the only way to do it is to get it done and do it there's nothing to it but to do it and the next one is that there is no failure except in no longer trying Because as as long as my students are trying and putting that effort out, then you can see that attempt in them. And I feel a student shouldn't be penalized just because they don't necessarily understand an idea or a topic. I want them to be able to know that if they fail something, that I'm going to be there as their teacher to help pick them up and make sure that they are understanding and kind of getting through what they need. And I just, I want students to always know that they feel comfortable in my class. And I want them to always try, even if that does mean that they don't understand a topic and they answer a question wrong. The next idea that Maslow talks about is the need for belonging. And that's one that's just as important for anything else, because that can include the need for friendship and sense of connection. As teachers, this is when inclusion becomes kind of our part. Our students feel as though they belong and as though they have belonging and reasoning to be present in class they are more likely to focus more because they're not constantly on edge and worried about whether you know this person is going to worry about them or this person is going to say something about them if they feel welcome in the classroom and as for us as educators if we make it known 
that our classroom is one where everyone is on an equal playing field and everyone is level in this class no one person is as important as is more important as someone else and that they're all important to us then that's another way that students will kind of feel more comfortable in class and that ties right into the next level which is esteem that if a student knows that one they can fail in class and it won't be treated as a failure as well as knowing that they belong in class their esteem is going to go way up and they're gonna put that effort out there's a saying that students will always do as best as they can students as long as they feel like they can do something and they know they can do something they will try and they will put out great things and it's it's incredible what students can do when they feel comfortable in one these classroom management kind of ideas are put into place in a classroom and the last idea of Maslow's hierarchy is the self-actualization level which is when students become who they are and when learning can really take place because all the needs are met for these students and they can then focus more on learning than focusing on whether they've eaten or you know whether they belong or feel welcome in a classroom and this hierarchy of needs is important for classroom management because a lot of outbursts are caused by lack of these needs being met which is one reason why it's important I mean, there's many reasons why, but one reason why it's important to make sure that these needs are met, because students will then be able to perform easier in the classroom and have, you know, an easier time actually performing and not feel as though they're trying more than they need to. And though classroom management strategies are not always a walk in a park, though, you know, as mentioned earlier, there are many reasons why students may act out in class. Um, Students may be having things go on in their lives that us teachers may not know anything about. I know I can remember being in middle school and especially high school, and I feel like everyone kind of goes through that phase where there's just, you know, they're depressed, all these, like, different thoughts of suicide and things like that, and that can take a toll on the student, and some teachers, whether they do it by choice or just because, you know, they just don't realize it, it's one reason why us as teachers we need to be able to watch for those signs and keep an eye out for those students and make sure that we're doing what we can to support them and you know just checking on students I the same teacher that I mentioned previously she was definitely the teacher that if I was having a rough day or it was just hard day stuff was going on I was able to go up to her and talk to her and tell her hey I'm having a rough day and the first questions she would ask was are you okay are you safe is there anything I can do to help and overall what can we do about this what needs to be done and so whether that was you know me asking her hey you know I can't really respond very much in class I don't feel up to it today or no I need help with this problem or something it's up to us as teachers to be able to be there for our students and be able to help them as much as we can and yeah (laughs) there are definitely a ton of different strategies for classroom management though and the biggest one that if you talk to anyone as a teacher anyone as a student is relationships that is the easiest way to make sure that students are feeling comfortable and welcome in the classroom is relationships Whether that's, you know, 
being able to go up and just kind of know their name and be able to talk to them or knowing things about them. I know for me personally, when I was at my uh, initial practicum, I had a handful of football boys in my classes. And so one way that I made relationships with them was I would go up, you know, Monday after a football game and ask them, hey, how was the game? You know, did you get a touchdown? Did you make a catch? Did you get a good sack? Did you get a tackle? Kind of anything like that. And that is just the biggest key for classroom management and just life in general is making relationships as well as in that sense making connections and having communication because that's another big thing kind of as I mentioned earlier if students feel comfortable to come up to a teacher and tell them hey I'm having a hard day can you not call on me today or hey I'm having a hard day can you help me with something that is one of the biggest ways to be able to help quote-unquote control classroom is for students to be able to communicate those needs and those things with their professors because if they're being able to communicate them and talk about them it's not sitting on their mind and there's less of a chance that it's going to come out in class at least in a negative way and which also ties into understanding why students are really acting how they are like I mentioned earlier a student who may be acting out in class isn't necessarily acting out to act out they're acting out because they need that attention and they don't they may not necessarily receive that attention at home and this is one place that they can receive that attention it could also be that many many kids are forced to grow up way quicker than they should so whether that's you know caring for younger siblings or things like that that can also take a toll on a kid who's 14 15 even 18 it can still take a toll on them, which is why it's up to us to kind of be able to understand where these outbursts and these negative interactions are coming from, because 99% of the time, I could guess, at least at least 90%, it's not coming from the classroom, it's not coming from us as teachers, it's coming from students and what's going on with them outside of school, or even sometimes in school, when experiences may not be the best. You know, they may be getting bullied, they may have just broken up, things like that. Which is when accommodations come in handy and being able to help students know that if something's going on in class or going on with themselves, that us as teachers are willing to kind of help accommodate and I don't want to say make exceptions, but, you know, accommodate for what's going on. Like if, you know, like I said, I know for me personally, I've talked about this before, but this semester, actually this year and last, uh, we I've had a lot go on. A lot of deaths, including my dad. And all my professors made incredible accommodations for me. Or, I should say most of my professors. Long story. But most of my professors made accommodations for me. And they let me, you know, take exams later on. I got extensions on papers that needed to be turned in. And... And I just, that's one of the other big things that I live by is accommodations, because if I can, even if, you know, a student needs to turn something in a day late, two days late, and that's going to help them and going to help their mental health, then I will do that because mental health is one of the biggest things, which is when I feel like teachers should be, I feel like we should be trained in that a little more because it really is 
a big idea with classroom management is being able to, like I said, know where these outbursts and these interactions are coming from and know how to handle them, know how to help students best. The best kind of training that we get on that is, oh, let the psychologist know if there is one at the school, let admin know, things like that. But I feel like there need to be more things put in place because if students are having those needs met, because that fits right into Maslow's hierarchy of needs where if those needs are met then students are going to be able to perform better in the classroom and feel more comfortable to be able to try and apply themselves a little bit more and kind of on a different note of all this but one of the other big things as teachers that's going to help with classroom management and keeping kids kind of quote-unquote under control and working with how we need them to is setting boundaries and being consistent with them So I talked to one of my friends today who is a first year teacher and one of the boundaries that he set was if he sees a phone in class, he has one of those shoe organizer hanger things that he has hanging from the door in his classroom and if he sees a phone, it goes straight in there till the end of the period. And if it's a repeat offense, there may be times that those students have to put their phones in there for the remainder of the day which can suck especially in the first period of the day but just and I'm not saying that every teacher needs to do that every professor needs to do that but we all need to learn what it means to set boundaries both for our own mental health and for the mental health of our students and just the well-oiled running of our classroom is to be able to have those boundaries and the consistency in them to ensure that they're actually being met for those boundaries and that things are happening kind of as we mean them to and being consistent with that is one of the biggest things because as soon as a student learns that they can walk over you or uh be able to say oh no I need this for this they're gonna learn that oh every time I get in trouble with Mr. So-and-so Miss So-and-so I can just say this and get out of it so we need to be consistent with all that and one of the last ideas that I'm going to talk about is just the idea of compassion and just remembering that these are 14 15 16 17 18 year olds they're really young they are still learning how to regulate their minds how to regulate everything that's going on they're going through a lot because this is when a lot of people experience depression for the first time or even you know for a more intense period and everything and just ensuring that us as teachers are compassionate and are understanding of students that they're not being bad because they want to be most of the time it's because they're not having those needs met or they're not feeling comfortable with stuff that's going on inside of their lives whether that be in school outside of school and that's why I feel like as teachers it is one of the most important things for us to entertain different ideas obviously of classroom management and just trying out those different ideas and those different strategies to see what works for our classrooms and to make sure our students are feeling comfortable and welcomed within our classrooms and to make sure that they feel safe within them thank you for listening